Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. So you've got uh, the handout has a list of scriptures. The other side, which is blank, because this got put together by H at 7:45 this morning. So the other side is the other side is for notes. That that list of scriptures is at the end of my talk, and that's about gifts of the Holy Spirit that you can look up on your own. Okay. So on the blank side, does everybody have a handout that wants one? Um, so on the blank side, if you want to take notes, you can. So our first scripture is um, Matthew seven fifteen. So we've been talking about, in our both talks, we've been talking about prophecy, we've been talking about what it is and what it's not, how to do it, how to find, how to, how to try to discern false prophecy and prophets, and how to discern between prophecy and the office of prophets. So we've covered a lot of stuff, and... Um, so we want to uh, be on guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but underneath are ravenous wolves. But we don't want to allow fear to stifle prophecy either, right? We've talked about that, about the fear of getting it wrong. And we've all given each other grace in here that if we get it wrong, that we're not going to, you know, worry about it. We're going to let it fall to the floor. And we've had a lot of good practice together. So... You know what, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for putting me in a body of like-minded believers. I thank you for, um, for giving me uh, what to share this morning on, on uh, such short notice. I thank you for the resources. I thank you for Caleb and his family. I thank you for the anointed worship we had ahead of time. And Lord, I just ask that you would help me deliver this in a way that will glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. So we don't want to treat prophecy with contempt. We don't want to, we don't want to, we want to test everything. We want to retain what is good and abstain from evil, but we don't want to stifle the spirit either. Right? We're on that one. We've covered that. All right. So, 1 Corinthians 14.1, those who follow Jesus can prophesy, and we're instructed to do so. We're to pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that we prophesy. So we're to desire the gift. It's okay to want to do it. We can all do it. We've already, we've already um, studied scripture. We see that we can all do it. Maybe nobody's ever told us we can do it, but we can do it. And that it takes practice to hear the Lord, to lean in and hear the Lord. So we're to desire the gift, and we don't want to quench the Holy Spirit, do we? All right. Let me catch up with myself. So. Uh, yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. I got out of order. There we go. So we're going to read this, Ephesians 4, 29 to 32. Are you with me? Okay, I'm not sure I'm with myself. 
not on my. Nope, I'm not. I'm not with myself. Oops. I was trying to make copies ahead of time and uh, things got messed up. Moment of grace. Speak among yourselves. Moment of grace. Moment of grace. There we are. Okay. So we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that this morning. What it's like, what it means to grieve, uh, quench, uh, sin against the Holy Spirit. Because that's a big topic, right? A couple of people have talked to me about that. And I thought, well, let's talk about that. So in um, Ephesians uh, 4, 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Well, there you go. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and passionate, compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So that's a shopping list for me, right there. That's an inventory list for me. How am I doing? How am I doing? I'm asking the Lord, how am I doing? I can look at that list. Did I do any of that today? Mm, sometimes I do, yeah. And so what do we do? What Caleb told us to do. We ask forgiveness, we repent, we rebuke it, right? So the Holy Spirit is a person. Don't ask me any questions. It's a mystery. The Holy Spirit is a person, and we can grieve him, and we can actually cause him to withdraw a little bit. We have the Holy Spirit in us, but it can ebb and flow. It's like a flame. It could fire up and, and go down to coals. Does everybody follow me with my little analogies? Okay. So we can cause him to withdraw. We can, we can uh, grieve him, and we can do that. Uh, by walking in the flesh. Paul uh, warned the Ephesians in that scripture to watch their mouths and their attitudes. Bitterness, resentment, self-centeredness will turn off the spirit. So he told them to major in compassion and forgiveness. And the greatest of all of these is... Love. Thank you. So... And everybody knows the story of David and Bathsheba and how Samuel the prophet came and corrected him and David repented. And when he repented, he pleaded that God would create in him a clean heart. Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. So King David wrote that psalm after that uh, incidence with Bathsheba. Okay. Um, so he, he grieved the Holy Spirit when he committed adultery with her. And then when he repented, he pleaded with God not to take the Holy Spirit away. And of course, we know how that worked out for him. Because God called him a man after his own heart. When the Spirit is saddened, when the Holy Spirit is saddened, we lose our joy and strength. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? When the Holy Spirit is saddened, 
it's interesting to think of the Holy Spirit having emotions, I think. And that's something to contemplate. Because God the Father, we were made in his image, right? Okay. Hmm. So, and we can feel overwhelmed with life. However, when David repented, returned to the Lord, there was forgiveness and restoration. You know, God chose fire as one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. And uh, one of our uh, folks on Friday had a, had a vision of little flames. He called it, what was it, a flamet? A firelet? Firelets. Little flames of fire over our heads that were jumping around. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But um, so he chose the fire as one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be aglow with the Spirit. But fires can be tamped down, can't they? They can be tamped down. So <clears throat> Timothy uh, 1 6. Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. That's 2 Timothy 1 6. I apologize. So fires tend to go out unless they're constantly fed. If we do not continue in our daily spiritual disciplines, our spiritual fire will be. Those who burn hot for the Lord spend time in the scriptures and prayer every day. When our spiritual flame is beginning to flicker, we can fan it into a flame. What would be some ways we could flan our. How can we do that? Build ourselves up in our worship. Reading the word. Praise him. Speak in tongues. If we do. Listen to him. How about be more like him every day? Be more like him. So to get that fire going again, because we all get there. We all get in that dry place. And, uh, and another thing is to get with like-minded believers and hang out and talk about that, right? We get together. Look, look how much good we had coming out of the life groups with encouraging each other. It was, it, I don't know about you, but I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And I felt my fire flamed up as a result. Did you guys feel that way too? Okay. So I'm going to have a list of things here. I'm going to try to keep my paper straight. All right. So one of the ways that we can quench the spirit is by re refusing the spiritual gifts. And um, the church, not all churches, I'm saying this globally, you know, there's been a lot of abuse um, of the gifts. There's a lot, been a lot of misuse of the gifts. Um, there's been a lot of, I'm going to say this word with love and respect, charismania uh, that's come along as part of that. And so a lot of um, churches have shut those things down to, to, to keep it safe, let's say. That's going to be my opinion, to keep it safe. And so the Holy Spirit, if you don't want him there, right? I mean, he could barge his way in, but that's not my understanding of the Holy Spirit in these cases. So um, there can be a negative reaction to the immaturity of some, and we are in danger of quenching the Spirit's power when we do that. I remember when I first went out to IHOP, and I was new to all the moves of the Holy Spirit, and there were hundreds of people in various forms of 
worship under the power or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I called a friend of mine back home who was further along to me. And I said, what is this I'm seeing? Is this, is this the really Holy Spirit or is this the flesh? And she said, yes. <laughs> it's both. It's both. So um, we have to be able to discern, right? We've talked about that, how to discern. And so we want to look at scripture. We want to get to know the Lord. We want to get to know hear the Lord better, get to full, more fully understand God the Father and Jesus, right? What Jesus walked out. So that when these things are happening, that's, that's teenagers acting out. That's the Holy Spirit. That person's getting delivered. Do you know? We, we can start to really see. You've been to places like that with me, Mary Lou. <laughs> Where it's just like a mob scene, right? And you're like, okay, there's a real mix of stuff going on here. <laughs> so, but we don't want to stifle that either, right? There's going to be a mix. Another way to quench the Holy Spirit is through neglect. Um, so do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So we don't want to neglect um, what the Holy Spirit is doing. He, God has given us spiritual gifts, whether we're aware of them yet or not. He's called us to use them, and we sin against, when we sin against the Spirit, we can get lazy. Or we get, I'm sorry, we get lazy and then we're, that's kind of a sinning, quenching of the Holy Spirit. And the, whole, the, the fire will start to go out and then we'll fail to stir up our soul through our spiritual disciplines. And then we can really tamp down that flame of the Holy Spirit. So quenching the Spirit through neglect. Um, yeah. Leave it at that. And then the next one way to quench the Holy Spirit would be through refusing fellowship, not forsaking the Hebrews ten twenty five, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We've been exhorting each other. We did it this morning. We we uh, did it in life group. You guys have been doing it more during worship. I've seen you getting up and exhorting, building each other up. And so we're not refusing fellowship here, certainly, which is nice. But that's one way to quench. So we, could, we can um, quench the Spirit by neglecting the fellowship and by dropping out of worship. In worship, the Spirit of God comes upon His people. The coals burning closer together burn high, right? Like I feel when I worship here as opposed to like in the shower or the car, it's a whole nother level for me. Is that true for you guys? Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> the devil knows that the best strategy to, the, to defeat the church is to divide and conquer. Right? He comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. That's right. Did you hear her? No. Kill, steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I can't remember that scripture off the top of my head. Do you remember? I can't pull it out of my head. It's scripture, though. All right. Another way the spirit can get quenched is through overwork. I've been there. 
where I've just been doing too much and I don't take time. Spiritual power cannot be preserved indefinitely. And just like fuel, it gets used up. The busier we get and the greater the load we carry, the more spiritual refreshment we need. Even Jesus, right, had times where he pulled away to refresh. The scripture this morning I had for you guys, for the disciples to pull away and rest and refresh. Remember, you can't give what you haven't received. So... Okay. Beware of that. Another way is to quench the spirit through strife. Strife. Disunity. Where have we heard that word unity before? <laughs> right? Kayla's been preaching on unity for a while. So we can... Uh, disunity in the body of Christ will extinguish the spirit's power. Division, bitterness, anger, clicks. Dry up the soul and wither our spiritual life. Power is dissipated when we are critical of others and we dwell in resentment and unforgiveness. Unkind words will drain away the Spirit's power. These attitudes are just the opposite of love. Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer in uh, John 17. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. He's talking about us. So we can quench the spirit through disobedience. What would be some ways we could be disobedient to the Holy Spirit? That's kind of an interesting thought. Have you thought about that? Have you? Okay. Do you have anything to add, Miranda? Tells you to do something and you don't show up is what they're saying. So disobedience. How about it? Yeah, ignoring the promptings of the spirit. There's blatant disobedience. <laughs> Procrastination. Putting off something you know the Lord's calling you to do. Do you ever feel that pounding in your heart like you're supposed to go do something? And then what happens when you don't do it? you're being disobedient or if you're being disobedient the word of God comes to you or you're reading the Bible and something really pops out at you to me that is uh, Holy Spirit as well and one more one more we're almost done believe it or not so pride we can quench the spirit through our pride who's known for his pride in the Bible who? The devil? And what did he do? He thought he was equal to God. Mm -hmm. Is Satan equal to God? Is Can you like say really loud? Is Satan equal to God? No. Thank you. Amen. Because people can get that, you know, like, oh... Mm, yeah, no, it's not equal. It's not equal. Do you know where Satan gets his power from sometimes? Us. Our agreement with him. I'm not saying that's where all the power comes from, but I'm just saying sometimes. We don't even know it. We might be in agreement. So it's important to be with other folks and have accountability people. All right, my last scripture. James 4, 6. 
The scripture clearly teaches that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So he gives more grace. Therefore, therefore he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. You know, like through these last three talks, the Lord is like, I, I love learning about him. I love learning about the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I love to learn not just about the power and the gifts, but the one who's given the gifts and the one who created all of this. And he has shown me so many things about his character that I didn't see before. Do you know? Like um, God resisting the proud. I just never thought of God resisting anything. I mean, that's a whole new characteristic in my learning. And God resists the proud. And before I talked about how God will use an unbeliever to give a word from him in the, when he wants to. He can do whatever he wants. And I like that about him. I think that's cool because he loves me. He loves me. He loves you. Do you know? And um, so I just really encourage you to keep doing what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what we're doing. And on the back of your paper, there's a whole list. And it's not all encompassing, but it's a good chunk of a list of scriptures that have the gifts of the Holy Spirit in there. And I just encourage you to read those. It won't take, it looks like a lot, but it's not. It's pretty, pretty short. And what's amazing to me is that we all have gifts from the Holy Spirit, but a lot of us walk in them so confidently. It's so a part of who we are that we don't recognize that it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Yeah? And so when we submit that gift back to the Lord, then he gives us even more power to walk that out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, this was a short notice. You, you, got your, you got your scriptures to study? Did anybody take up, did anybody take, take up my challenge to come up with five scriptures about God's character? Or did anybody come up with any scriptures about God's character from last week, I think it was? Write down five things you know are scripturally accurate about God's love. The reason I did that was because it'll help you. It'll help you when you're, when you're out and about and you're not in the church, you're not in the life group, and you feel like the Lord is tugging at you to love on somebody in the grocery line or, or love on somebody in the parking lot. Do you know? It, and, and you go, I know, there's, I know I'm supposed to do something, but I don't know what to say to her. And then that scripture will come to mind. And you, that's a jumping off point. That's a diving board into the pool of the Holy Spirit, if you will. Because you're being obedient. You're stepping out. You're coming up to the person. Hey, you know. And so that's where that having a scripture, it doesn't have to be a long one, just a short one about God's love. It'll give you a tool to jump into that. And it's also... 
It's also a great way to figure out how to minister to people. Maybe you're not just encouraging, but you're actually going to minister to people.